Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. So there's a lot going on in that gospel lesson, and I encourage you to take a look at the kind of first part and the middle part during the week if you've got nothing else or no other devotional to look at. Jesus' encounter with the Pharisees is a very important one. But I'm going to be looking at just the last third of this text for this sermon. And in that last third, Jesus says something that's pretty radical at that time, and I don't think we realize it today. It's pretty radical for us in our own time. He says, For there is nothing outside a person that going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. And it is these that defile a person. So Jesus is very concerned about our hearts, the seat of our will. Now, I don't know about you, but there was this song in the late 80s by a band called Roxette. You probably haven't heard of them. They're pretty much a one-hit wonder band. But they had this song called Listen to Your Heart. And maybe some of you who aren't into 80s bands know this, because in the early 2000s, a house band, I forget the name of the house band, they, made, they repopularized this song with a techno version of this song. And it goes, and don't worry, I won't sing it, although I'm very tempted to. <laughs> But the song lyrics go, listen to your heart when he's calling for you. Listen to your heart. There's nothing else you can do. I don't know where you're going. I forget the the other part of the lyrics, but it essentially ends with, he knows, listen to your heart. Now, I love that song. It's it's a great, catchy track. And in fact, like the, the message of it isn't so very bad, right? I don't know about you, but I oftentimes... Listen to my heart. I, I trust my intuition. I follow my gut. Uh, especially when maybe you don't have all the facts, or maybe you're in one of those situations where the facts, you kind of, you know, you make a list, you put the pros and the cons, and they seem pretty equal, pretty level, but you have this feeling. Um, and you trust that feeling, and you go for it, and it works out, and that's why you preach to everyone else. You know what? At the end of the day, what you should really do is trust your gut. Follow your intuition. Listen to your heart. And I get that. And I think that's very powerful. And I've done that in my own life when it comes to taking jobs, when it comes to relationships, etc. And it's been good. That said, our gospel text seems to say something quite different. Our gospel text says that it is from the heart that all of these things, these evil things, that sometimes we, like, I'm doing this very thing? It's, it's from the heart that these come. So what does this mean? So the flip side seems to be, and this isn't just Jesus saying this, if you look at your Old Testament, uh, the book of Jeremiah says very clearly, the heart is deceitful above all things. That's pretty strong, right? The heart is deceitful above all things. If you go back even further to the book of Genesis, there's this kind of rhythm, this anthem of, it talks about like something that has gone very bad for humanity, and the refrain is, the inclination 
of their hearts was always evil continually. So what do we do with this? Listen to your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things. Well, I think if we take a look, I don't know if you're familiar with this person. His name is Thomas Cranmer, and if you look at your prayer book in your pews, he was the compiler and author of the very first one. And he wasn't just a great liturgist, but he was a theologian. And he has this great adage, which you can write it down and put it on your refrigerator. I think it's that helpful. It's this simple. It's his view of human nature. It's his view of, if you like the big word, anthropology. And it goes like this. What the heart wants, the will chooses, the mind justifies. I'm going to say that again. What the heart wants, the will chooses, the mind justifies. Now, I don't know about you, but the first time I heard this adage through one of the scholars of Thomas Cranmer, I was just struck to the very core of my being. This was something I resonated with deeply and not resonated with in a good way, if you know what I mean. A lot of times we hear things like, oh, I resonate with that. I really kind of dig that. This is more the kind of resonating where I don't dig it at all. In fact, I saw it, it pierced right through me. It was a mirror to my heart. What does Thomas Cranmer mean by that? At the end of the day, nine times out of ten, what we desire is what we choose, and we justify it later. Sometimes this can be a very good thing, right? I talked about the intuition. I talked about trusting your gut. But the reason why I resonated with it and it cut through the core of me is so often, and it's only after the fact and in hindsight I see this, but I, I do not the rational thing or the good thing or the thing with another person in mind. It's what I want. I'm going to choose that and I justify it later. Maybe you, the, the most obvious way to see this probably in our day and age is to, to look at the, the news, look at the New York Times or whatever newspaper you're interested in or Google News, whatever. And you see all of these scandals. A lot, a lot of times we love the ones that have to do with rich people or businesses or you know, the big public humiliations. And if you talk to these people, it, a lot of times, now sometimes there are just malicious people out there. But for the people, for most people, and I think for your experience and for mine, a lot of the times, what we later see, oh, that was like that really hurt another person, or that was really selfish of me, but in the moment, it makes perfect sense. We justify it, right? It's like, oh yeah, it's because of this. Um, the ends justify the means. Nowhere is that found in Scripture. In fact, Scripture says a lot to the opposite, it's very easy to see that in other people, but what about when it cuts to the core of you or cuts to the core of me, or particularly when it cuts to the core of the people who should know better, especially to the religious people, the religious leaders and elites. And we've seen a lot of this terrible news in our newspapers and on the news over the past couple of weeks. What about when we, and not those people over there, are the ones who follow the desires of our hearts 
and we justify it in the moment, or we justify it later, and only when we're found out do we see, oh, just how dark our desires can sometimes be. And St. Mark, in his list, goes through a whole list. This isn't even exhaustive of, of sins that we essentially come to justify. And a lot of these sins, if you take a look at them, often have to do with uh, consumption or taking from others. In a, in, a, in a word, they oftentimes have to deal with us following what we want at the expense of another. At the expense, oftentimes, of the people we want to hurt the least, of the people whom we love. But if the problem is with the heart, if the problem isn't with the externals, as St. Mark says, what do we do about this? Because I don't know about you, but it's so much easier to mask the externals. I mean, just look at the four of us, the acolytes and the priests, right? It's in what we wear. We, we wear something, and it, I'm not against vestments by any means, but it's kind of interesting in light of this. And I don't know about you, but think about the way you present yourself at work or in certain social situations, etc. Jay talked about this a lot in his sermon earlier today. We, we find ourselves projecting this view of ourselves to other people, and sometimes we're pretty good at fooling other people. This could be as simple as, um, not that there's anything bad with going to the gym or whatever, but it, in a microcosm, it's right, it's let me present to you the who I am through my externals. But God forbid you see the skeletons underneath. God forbid you see the desires of my own heart. And when I read passages like this, uh, I'm tempted to either, one of two things, to try really, really, really hard to work on my heart, or on the flip side, to just give up. I, my heart is what it is. I, I don't know how to change my desires. And I err especially toward the latter, because these things are all very good. And with respect to them, I've tried the spiritual disciplines I've tried the practices, and they've actually been really good and healthy for me. But what have they not done? They've not changed my heart. And that is what Jesus is interested in having changed. The heart is where all of these evil desires come from. And what he, he's left unsaid is the heart is the very place where the good desires come from. When we do act altruistic, when we do actually love our neighbor. So what do we do if, if we can't just simply change our hearts? What is it if what Thomas Cramer says is true? But the heart wants, the will chooses, the mind justifies. How do we get to the root? How do we change what our hearts want? Well, I'm up here tonight to tell you, and this is the gospel, you can't change it. You can't change your desires. You can't change your hearts. And it's not just me saying this. This is St. Augustine, 400 A.D., this is the Reformers, the 1600s. This is what St. Paul and what Mark are getting at at the very beginning. You can't do it. But he knows someone who can.
and that is Jesus Christ. And this is why we here at Calvary St. George's have a very, very, very high view of the work of not just Christ, Christ first and foremost, but also of the Holy Spirit. Because it is the Holy Spirit who, if you go back to the words in the, the collect for the day, can graft in our hearts the love of his name. It is the Holy Spirit who can heal us from the inside out. Not just what we project to the world, but from the inside out. So friends, let your prayer be today and as we go to communion and for this whole week, let your prayer be, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus Christ, graft in me a love for your name. Graft in me a love for my neighbor so that I don't just go back to the old ways of consuming and taking. What we need is a heart transplant. And we can't do that. But the Holy Spirit can. And so, Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, heal us from the inside out. Graft in us a love for your name and create in us a new heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.